We're your hosts. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kelsey. Florida natives for two decades. And true crime fanatics. Welcome to the chaos of sunshine and shadows. The Sunshine State earned her nickname in 1970, boasting over 800 miles of beaches and 1,500 miles of intercoastal waterways, 11 national parks, and over 8 of the top amusement parks. Florida is the perfect vacation spot to unwind, relax, and vacation with family and friends. Or is it? Florida has 67 counties, totaling a little over 40 million acres of land, broken up into six different regions, filled with swamps, farms, and many rural cities. On this podcast, we will take a look at the counties and their dark, seedy underbellies of crime and mystery, reminding everyone that you can't have sunshine without the shadows. On this season of Sunshine and Shadows, we will be focusing on the Sunshine State's infamous Northeast Florida region. These 20 mostly rural farm counties do bring forth several universities and state colleges and larger metropolitan areas. During this season, we will be examining these counties, exposing their dark shadowy secrets in the pursuit of advocating for families and giving a voice to the voiceless. Join us on this journey to learn more about our home state on this season of Sunshine and Shadows. Okay, uh, so we're here again for a second time. Um, get rid of us. I know. Uh, before I forget, what is up, Gremlins? How are you guys doing? How's it going, humans? Um, so we're gonna we're sticking with Clay County. Um, and so in my case, I'm going to cover Summer, Summer Thompson. Um, kind of broke my heart a little bit. Oh, am I going to cry? You might. There's a few oh, times no. I almost cried. Um, so I'm just going to get right into it. We're just going to start rolling. Um, so I'm going to start off with our Clay County introduction. Uh, so Clay County is situated in northeast Florida. The county lies southwest of the city of Gainesville and west of historic St. Augustine. Okay, I totally just copy Clark. and pasted. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I literally just copied. This is put. some, I'm getting some uh, group project trauma right yeah, now. I, <laughs> I was not making my own. <laughs> Triggered. It was, I was like, I was not doing my own. Um, but so Clay County's e- uh, entire eastern border is nestled along the banks of the scenic St. John's River and miles of underdeveloped woodlands. Um, so those of us who live within the 600 miles that comprise Clay County know firsthand of the county's natural beauty and the vast natural, historic, recreational, and agricultural resources. Founded almost 150 years ago, our county has developed into a diverse mixture of suburban and rural areas and is a vivid panorama of productive modern living, superior schools, that's a lie, a (laughs) well-trained, skilled workforce, bustling retail centers, and economic vitality end quote um so basically the website goes to talk about the amount of residents we had um this is very reminiscent to like what we talked about in the first episode so i'm gonna breeze past this a little bit so um very pick me girl vibes coming at you live from (laughs) um clay county (laughs) so then i also did one about orange park i might just like skim through this because you guys don't need orange park's entire rundown but so the town of orange park was founded in 1877 by the Florida Winter Home and Improvement Company, uh, with owners and trustees predominantly from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, yeah. Ooh, so as a travelers ju- back then, <laughs> you've made it down the coast. <laughs> yep. It's as a direct result of hard times following the Civil War. Civil War. <laughs> the Civil War. 
<laughs> okay, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna. Our public. As a direct result of hard times following the Civil War, and the old McIntosh plantation at Laurel Grove was in shambles and changed hands several times. After purchasing several thousand acres of property and land, the Florida Winter Home and Improvement Company created a small town and called an Orange Park. Um, so the property was subdivided um, into building lots and small farm tracks, and the present, sh- present street system was laid out, including Kingsley Avenue, River Road, I just hopped, um, and Plainfield Avenue. Plainfield, what a name. I know. Um, so basically just talks about how the city grew. There was a large hotel that was built um, on Kingsley Avenue. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, apparently the city actually has roots back to the 1780s and 90s during the second Spanish period in Florida history. And so at that time, Orange Park was known as Laurel Grove. And that name was given by Rebecca and William Pingree. And had received a land grant from the Spanish governor. So, but you know, we all will erase history like we always do. I know. So I'm gonna skip through this. <laughs> um, since those early days, uh, Orange Park has grown dramatically and has developed as the northeastern gateway to Clay County. Commerce and business has flourished not only in the town but in the greater Orange Park area as well. The town and its government have continued to make a wide variety of improvements in an effort to meet the demands of its citizens and residents. The new town hall, built in 1995, is a tribute to the town of Orange Park and stands as these as the outstanding example of the character of residents and the farsightedness of those who call Orange Park home. So that's just kind of where we're at, the city we're in. Um, Orange Park is kind of larger on the scale of cities in Clay County. Um, I'd probably go as far to say it's probably one of our largest. Um, So on that, I'm just going to hop right into telling you a little bit about Summer and her family. Um, so now that I, now that you know a little bit about the area, I'm going to tell you about the family. Summer Thompson was a beautiful seven-year-old girl and was a ray of sunshine in her family's life. This is a kid? Mm-hmm, it's oh, a kid. Okay. I know. All right, y'all. Um, her favorite color was purple and her favorite song was You Are My Sunshine. Stop. Yep. Aww. I know. It's like, literally is my favorite song when I was that age too. My mom used to sing me to bed every night with that song. Um, at the end of, um, at the time of her disappearance, she was a second grade student at Grove Park Elementary. She has an older sister and a twin brother. Um, I'm just going to leave their names out of this. Um, you can, if you want to find out like it's yours, I'm going to mention her mother's name, but her siblings, I'm just not going to mention their names in here. Um, she was raised by her mother, Deanna Thompson, who loved her to pieces. Uh, Summer Thompson was born on April 5th, 2002 in South Carolina, making her an Aries. And she would have turned 20 this past April. Which is insane because we have siblings. Yeah. So Caitlin's youngest sister is 19 and my little brother is 18. So very much in the age bracket that our siblings are in. And my sister is actually an age. Yep. (laughs) Oh, little spitfires. I know. So let me take you back to October 2009. Uh, fall in Florida is a little different, as many know. Uh, there's, there was a high heat record set for this year at 82.4 degrees. Um, and it was the first year in a while that, that we did not have any hurricanes or tropical storms hit the East Coast. Oh, how nice. And I know she said 82, and you guys are like, that's not bad. No, that's 82 plus humidity. Yeah, and this is like 2009. So like, imagine like 11 years later, we're still at 90s in October nowadays. Global warming is a thing. We don't get a fall in Florida anymore. Not that we ever did, but like if we had a hope to have one gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so overall the weather was on par. So um, on the date of October 9th, 2009, Summer Thompson left Grove Park Elementary School and started the walk home. 
According to Teresa Collington with the Channel 10 Tampa Bay, um, it stated that she had an argument with a fellow classmate prior to walking home around 2.50. So she normally walked home with her two siblings, um, but this day, she, after the argument, she happened to run ahead of them. Um, and so they got separated from each other. And I know. Oh, never get separated. Uh, and her siblings made it to the house around 3.15 and noticed that Summer was nowhere to be seen. Um, whoa, whoa, so what time did they start walking home? 2.50. They lived and, like blocks away from. And by 3.15. So this all took, wow. And then so by 4 p.m., her mother, Deanna, flagged down a patrolling officer to report that her daughter was missing. Because this is just not what Summer would do. Um, it was very uncommon that Summer would actually run away from her siblings, but I guess the group that they walk home with, like she got in an argument with one of the other oh, children in the group. Okay. So you, I mean, seven-year-olds get hot-headed and they just run. Yeah. I'm, I'm 20, and again, 28 and I get hot-headed and dip. Um, and again, they were so close to home, like they were blocks Jeez. away from their house. Um, but so this was something extremely out of the ordinary for Summer. Um, and she's ha- having been taught several times to always stay in groups and how to stay safe. Um, so right from the jump, her mother knew something was not right here. Um, so when she was reported missing, Summer was described as three foot tall, five inches, 65 pounds, brown hair, wearing a cranberry jumpsuit with a red bow in her ponytail. And she was carrying a Hannah Montana backpack and she has a noticeable birthmark on her right leg. Stop, Hannah Montana. Oh. I know. Um, yeah. So... I don't care what anyone says, Party in the USA will forever be a bop, so. (laughs) Uh, No, because I remember having a Hannah Montana backpack. Definitely not in the same time period, but I remember how big Hannah Montana was, and I remember, yeah. I want to say, I think Mackenzie had the bedspread. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, it was never that bad. Like, she was into it, into (laughs) it. She was like, "Uh, everybody makes mistakes, and my mistake was buying this bedspread. Um, so the first thing the sheriff's office did was check with Summer's family in North Carolina, where her father was living. Um, so Clay County Sheriff Rick Bessler, uh, did his first initial plea to the outlying community for help with finding Summer a few hours after she went missing. But the official Amber Alert was not announced to the community until October 20th at 9 a.m. So, um, you know, a whole day later, several hours later. Um, so during the first 24 hours, and this was like... Okay, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts. So, during the first 24 hours of her being missing, it was announced there is a stunning 100 registered sex offenders within a five-mile radius of where she vanished from. Wait, but they live right by the school. Yes. There is a, at that point in time, and staggering to find out, because I originally, I have stunning in here. Upon more research, I found out that it's actually super common for big cities the size of Orange Park and even bigger to have that many registered sex offenders in the same area as an elementary school. Yeah, that's not Bro. so. So, like, again, coming from a small town, that's not normal here. Um, I think the closest, like, registered sex offender f- to the elementary school, everybody knew who that was. Yeah, like, you knew. Very well known. Nope, these people. They blend in. Nope. And um, I guess I have a weird stance on <laughs> sex offenders, but, like. You should not be close to a school. You should not be close to school, and I don't really care about your privacy. Yeah, no. You I'm sorry, have... you lost the right to privacy whenever you did what you did. And I'm going to leave it at that. Um, so just I want a billboard in the front yard. <laughs> exactly. That's what they do in Bradford County. They put a sign up. Oh, wow. Bradford County does one thing. To- <laughs> I know. Uh, so just days before summer vanished, a woman tried to lure a child into a car, but was chased off by a concerned citizen who noticed what was happening. 
props to that person for like standing up and st- so they're, they're thinking it's a woman that's out of left field i know but it's just because they saw a woman that tried to lure, lure another little girl into a car yeah and i watched the interview with that um the concerned citizen and she said she just looked over and something felt wrong so she ran over to the little girl and was like do you know this lady and the little girl's like no i don't know her and then she like turned and like apparently lost it on the predator and was like you need to leave like you need to get away from here props to her um make her the neighborhood watch captain i know so a majority of those sex offenders were initially looked into um there was a decent amount there was 150 leads in the first 24 hours holy crap and 80 of those had been checked out and dismissed from being a possibility in 24 hours Mm -hmm. i mean i mean because you gotta you gotta think about it like yeah not all sex offenders are the same there's different mm -hmm. But then also, like, the leads weren't just them. Like, there were other leads that came in around the same time. And, like, if you think about it, she disappeared into thin air. Yeah. Like, if you you do the timeline, that was 25 minutes. And in 25 minutes. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, from 2.50, the last time somebody saw her, until 3.15, whenever her siblings got home. That is a 25-minute period of time. That is the shortest window. So she ran pretty far ahead of them. So we think. Um, oh, so we think. Okay. So one thing I will say is that this community really rallied behind the family, uh, with many citizens taking the streets themselves to hold up signs, pass out missing person flyers, and to help search for the missing girl. Um, so Summer was last seen on the corner of Gano and DeBerry Avenues. Um, a helpful Samaritan, Jill Harris, decided to make that her post to aid in the search, hopeful to rescue Summer. Uh, she stood there and passed out missing persons flyers for hours. Um, she shared with First Coast News, I live down the street. I have mal- I have small children. That's This is the only thing. I cannot stand and sit and let nothing happen. So I'm doing the best I can. And she was not the only one with the same mentality. They had many neighbors that did this, but another one who really stood out to me, her name is Mary Bartlett. She actually just got out of the hospital a few days prior. She was an older lady. Her and her dog uh, took to the street um, to search local neighborhoods and parks Stop. to see if she they brought her little. Mm-hmm. She said Paw Patrol. Activate. She did. Oh. Um, and then beyond them, the officers at this point were encouraging people to walk on the streets, see if you can find her, um, and many formed groups to walk around and look for her. Um, oh, wow. So again, the community. This is one of those cases that, I mean, full disclosure. I think sometimes police fail terribly. Yeah. I have no realm, like, against saying that, but this was one of those cases where the police... Were, like, on point. This is some this is some good-ass police work that they did. They Finally. did. How refreshing. <laughs> I know. So, I don't mean to put, like, the cart in front of the horse, but, like, are we seeing, you know, as opposed to the first case we covered, is there any rumors or mudslinging towards the family at this point, or at this point, everybody is nope. just on board together? Everybody's working. on board. Um, there is one video... Um, from one of the um, candlelight vigils, and oh, I wish I, oh man, I probably we should can... play it for you. Let me see. All right, here we're gonna pause this. I'm gonna play it for her because I just need her to hear uh, Summer's mom at one point. Okay. I feel like it adds into it. So if you just hit the right. go ahead and and we're on again. Um, so again, so beyond the officers uh, encouraging encouraging local community members to actually search. Um, there are candle night vigils held nightly um, where the community prayed, sang hymns, hymns, sang hymns, and overall just tried to raise awareness to help bring Summer home. 
Um, by the end of the day, on October 20th, Sheriff Rick Bessler is quoted saying that this is the longest child, this is the longest a child has been missing in Clay County in the last 22 years. Holy cracker yeah. jokes. And I mean, I know we've been, you know, picking on Clay County because it is our home county, but this is honestly, you know, when something bad happens, look for the heroes. These are the people yeah. that are, you know, doing good and coming together. I mean, that was a massive crowd. That was over 100 people. Yep. And it looks sounds like that, that was the case every single night. The two people that... You know, she hit she hit the hit the streets with her two feet and her mm-hmm. four paws, and they were passing out things. And and then the mom on the street corner, like, this is what you know. It's not ideal that this happens, but these are the people that you want mm-hmm. to be there helping. And as you said, look for the people who help, always. Um, so at this point, um, some of the Orange Park Police Department, um, as well as Clay County, is starting to relay because we're we're almost at forty eight hours at this point. Oh no! Um, starting to relay that Summer is most likely endangered and that they do suspect foul play. Um, oh no! In the same time, they're expanding their search area to include retention ponds and small lakes in the surrounding area. So, for anyone who isn't from Florida, um, it's a swamp. That's the nice way to put it. It's a mm-hmm. swamp. So. When they say retention ponds, I don't want you to think of, like, the nice retention. It could just literally be a sinkhole that it fills with water when it rains. Mm-hmm. Just on the side of the road. That's all it is. Um, so by October 21st, so officially 48 hours after Summer went missing, there had been several public pleas to the news station newspapers. Deanna Thompson went on ABC News with Rick Bessler to speak about her daughter, and she said she's a loving child and she has never met a stranger. If someone has her, please bring her home. She has a twin brother who misses her. We all miss her, and we just want her to come home okay. Oh, she's a twin. She's a twin. Oh. She continued to tell Summer, um, I love you and you're not in trouble. Please come home. Stop. I know. <laughs> I'm crying. Sorry. Oh. Um, so Rick Bessler was then questioned by the anchor about the delay in getting the Amber Alert out to the public. Um, and he stated due to Florida legislation or statutes, they had to wait until it hit a certain time period before they could actually get a call out. Um, and he continued to say that there was not much information on how she went missing. Um, so if anyone from the public saw something, please come forward and let them know. Um, so again, this is just really one of those cases. And like, you hear about it a lot where like somebody literally just vanishes off the face of the earth. And it's almost like, how does this happen? What? So, um, Going off what the sheriff said, I just Googled, like, in Florida, what qualifies to get an Amber Alert? Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I think I'm missing kid. They should get So they have to meet these five criteria mm-hmm. for an active Amber Alert. The child must be under 18 years of age. There must be a clear indication of an abduction. The law enforcement agency's preliminary investigation must conclude that the child's life is in danger. There must be a detailed description of the child, abductor, and or vehicle to broadcast to the public. And then the activation must be recommended by the local law enforcement agency of jurisdiction. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an extensive thing to get an amb- And, like, again, I have the whole stance, and um, you'll probably hear this several times over the course of this podcast, so get used to me saying this. A child does not voluntarily go missing. I do no. not care if a kid runs away. If they are under the age of 18, a child does not voluntarily leave. And I do not care. If somebody is showing up to report them missing, I don't give a flying fuck. (laughs) If you are under the age of 18, they are a child and they do not voluntarily leave. No, send the Amber Alert out to my iPhone every time. Exactly. Like, I don't care. I'll look at all of them. Even if it's, like, all the way down in Broward County. 
I know, and I'm, I and might I'm, see them. Who knows? I know we joke like we get the Amber Alerts up from all the way down in Broward, which we're kind of a far way away from. And we're always like, what are we going to do? Jump in, put on our super suits and fly down there? No, it could literally be the fact that we looked at it and then we go out in public because mm-hmm. we are near interstates. And, oh my gosh, there is a vehicle or there is a kid that kind of meets that description but looks like they just had their hair dyed or cut or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, it could be something as simple as that. Like, send it out. Send it out. Yep, exactly. I don't care. Send them out forever. Um, and then, so he continued to say that the local community is needed to help uh, be able to bring her home. Um, he goes on to say that they're that they are certain that there is no way that she has run away and she is not hiding uh, due to several factors, including her age, um, her lack of presence in the surrounding area, as well as the weather conditions. Um, and so at this point, the case focus has shifted as it's becoming more and more clear that summer is not safe and could be in danger. Um, and I just I kind of breezed over this earlier, just to bring it up. Her father lives in North Carolina. So that's why they checked with the family in North Carolina. And that's how they know for sure she was not with her father. Was it like a tumultuous separation or anything like that? Or they were like cordial? They were cordial. Um, oh, so. Mom was doing most of the raising. But they were they were cordial people. Um, they had recently relocated down to Florida. I couldn't figure out how recently they had moved down to Florida. But oh, as wow. it said, like she was born in South Carolina. So they lived in the Carolinas for a little bit before they came down to Florida. Oh, okay, so and there was no way that like he could have done like kidnap. Wow, that was a lot of. No, he could have done kidnapping. <laughs> Sorry, my English teacher. I apologize for that. There was no way that they suspected him in like a parental abduction. Oh, nope. They cleared him within probably the first. I think it was like six hours. Oh my goodness! By the time the amber amber alert went out the next morning, he was cleared. He was cleared. Um, so later on the afternoon of October 21st, it was announced that a small white child's body was found in a landfill in Folkestone, Georgia. Um, so a little bit of background, Folkestone, Georgia is right over the line. Um, and that is where the waste from Orange Park is taken to. So that's exactly where it goes to. Oh no. Um. Oh no. Yeah. And so with the timeline since Summer's disappearance, it's heavily suspected that this, that it was her. Um, but at the time of the first announcement, it had not been confirmed yet. Um, oh my gosh, so her family is just waiting. Yeah. Oh. Um, I hate when, like, I know they're trying to get the story and they have, like, viewers and stuff like that, but sometimes I wish the media would just, like, wait. I just wish murder wasn't so sensationalized sometimes. Me too, as we sit here and film the podcast. I know. <laughs> um, but so to go into a little bit, because again, this police work that, again, I don't often applaud police officers. I'm not saying I hate police officers. I love Caitlin's dad very much. <laughs> not saying that. But so what brought them to searching this landfill is uh, the police started tailing nine garbage trucks from the first time the Amber Alert went out. And they just followed them to where they were located. And that's how they got to the specific landfill in Folkestone, Georgia. And they sat there. um, And once the trucks arrived, they sorted every single truck by hand. So they went through approximately 225 tons of waste. Holy crap. Just by hand. And And hopefully hazmat suit. Hopefully hazmat suit too. Um, Yeah. And so when they saw her, they saw her... um, I think it was like, I don't have it written down, so I don't know specifically, but they saw her from a few miles away, and the officer noticed her by her legs, because um, it's never a mannequin. Oh my God, Can, that's going to live with him for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Holy 
Um, so by October 22nd, it was confirmed that the body they found in the landfill was that of Summer Thompson. Um, at the first initial release of confirmation, they did not go into details as to what possibly happened to the young girl. Um, and in the first few hours after it was confirmed to be her, her mother went on to say, you do not do this to a little girl. You didn't have to put my baby in the trash like she was nothing. Um, and there was several public memorial services that were decorated with purple ribbons, balloons, and angels that everybody put out for her. Please tell me they got this guy. Please tell me he's um, like on death row. And Sheriff Rick Bessler went on to say, um, the early discovery will be tremendously helpful in our investigation. It was further elabor- elaborated that the main focus is getting whoever did this off the street. Um, when asked how she is going on, Deanna Thompson said that she's just wanting this man to be found and that she's just wanting to thank everybody who's rallied around her and in this time of need since her daughter has went missing. And, like, I just, you know, I understand wanting the man to be found, but, like, to be in a place that, like, you're thanking people. Wow. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't have a child yet, but, like. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if I would be in that place. I'm a very angry and vengeful person, so, like, I don't. <laughs> Me too. I'm burning your house down. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm um, burning your mama's house down. <laughs> like, the whole family, gone, burned. Yep. Uh, so, pretty early on in the investigation, the police had spoken to the majority of the registered sex offenders in the area and slowly started crossing them off the list. Um, That's right, because they had, like, a bunch, and they had mm-hmm, narrowed it. They had about 100, and they narrowed it down. So, of those, well, they had 150 in the area. They narrowed that down to 80. And so of those 80, they went and slowly started crossing them off the list. Off the list. Um, so after discovering the garbage trucks that were used to transport her body to the landfill, police started to narrow it down on the house that was currently vacant but being renovated. Um, so this house was on the path that Summer would have taken home that day, just a few blocks ahead of her sibling. Um, so to get into the logistics of what we think happened, because we don't have a true you know, timeline answer, it's most likely that she ran away from her siblings and only ran like two or three blocks ahead of them and then stopped and then turned to wait in on them. And when she was waiting, that's whenever she was either lured or pulled um, off the street. Into this? Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Yep. At this point, we don't know anything for sure, but there is a house that they're looking at because it's being renovated and it's directly on her path on the way home. So it's being renovated, so it's it's empty. It's vacant. Okay, so nobody's, like, living in it. Why, you know, nope. you know, like, we had to when our parents decided to, like, do <laughs> home projects. Nope. Nobody lives in this house. But so it's very likely that she was at most four blocks ahead of her siblings The whenever this happened to her. Just literally right out of the line of sight. Holy crap. Barely out of the line of sight. Um, so on October 28th, the family and the community laid summer to rest. Um, The service was held at Orange Park Baptist Church, and the room was decorated in purple ribbons, and her casket was covered in purple flowers. It's been said that there were hundreds of people at this funeral. They had, apparently, they had lines of cars down the road of people coming to this funeral. Aww. So, in a press conference following her funeral, um, Summer's mother just pleaded to help them find who did this to her, um, that this is something unfathomable to a parent. And that no one would ever expect this to happen to them. Which no, I mean, she's true. Safe, like, yeah. you never think, like, and you we hear it all the time, like, you never think this is something that's actually going to happen to you. JK, except our parents who traumatized us. And well, just... yeah. Now my, my mom's still afraid of things happening. But then, like, we start doing stuff like this, and I get it. Like, um, I'm 28, and my parents still track me, so. Me too. It's okay. <laughs> I still get lecture. Did you lock the front door? 
<laughs> so we were roommates for the longest time. Kayla and never locked doors. I am so forgetful. It is, it's probably my worst trait between that and leaving the cabinets open. No, but like... <laughs> You would come, Kelly, you're the best roommate. You single-handedly kept me survived. She would come into my room and lock my door and my sliding door and make sure that I was safe every night. Like, literally. I don't know. I think it's just because, like, growing up, like, my mom, like, would not go to sleep until, like, we checked every single door in the house. And so now, as an adult, that's what I do until I check. And I, like, I think I have slight OCD because I have to check the doors, like, three times to confirm that I actually saw it was locked. I can confirm as her roommate. I just want to make sure I don't want, I don't know. Listen, you never expect this stuff to happen to you and you're not going to get me in my own house. And I think get like, me on the street I think in I my a, own house is just disrespectful. <laughs> I think I had a false sense of security because my dad was, yeah, in, was a cop. So like, you know, you have that idolized like picture of your dad, like you're always safe with your dad. Mm-hmm. So then like when I lived on my own, I had to break that. <laughs> yeah. And then also like, and like, cause like kind of the difference is, is like my dad was a firefighter. So like my dad was sometimes gone for 24, 48, almost 72 yeah. hours. So it would be my mom with just two kids by herself. So no wonder she was so paranoid. And there were a few times whenever at one point we lived across from Trinity Baptist church, somebody tried to break into our house like two or three times. I remember that. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So like, I get it. <laughs> I get so- what she, like she thought she locked the back door and then somebody opened it. And then our, like somebody literally walked in our house once and the alarm went off. And then they ran. And then oh. they came back. We don't know if it's the same person, but they came back a week later. And they came through our garage. And then the alarm went off and they ran. They didn't learn the first time. <laughs> Apparently not. That's why it might have been two different people. Um, but disrespectful. Yeah. Disrespectful. So after she was found, there was a period of lull where the public didn't hear much about the case, uh, how it was moving forward, how it was progressing. Um, so this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. During my research, I found several times that media outlets were pondering the difference between Summer Thompson and, um, Haley Cummins, which was another young Florida girl who went missing around the same time. It was in Hastings, Florida. Um, not Hastings. It's, it starts with an S. Where is it? Sumter. Sumter County. She was in Sumter. Um, and so the thing is, is Orange Park, and I think she was in Hastings in Sumter County. That's like 50 miles apart. They're in the same age bracket. So at this point, Ooh. we're wondering if they're connected. Right. But the difference is, is we found Summer. To this day, in 2022, as I tell you this story, Haley has never been found. I'm just going to preview you guys. We're covering the, the Haley case. <laughs> yeah, she has never been found. It is insane. Everybody has their different speculations. She is still missing to this day. She was like, wasn't she five or seven whenever she went missing? She was somewhere in that bracket. Like, because this was, this was a crazy time in Florida. Like, you got it 2008, oh it was gosh. Casey Anthony, Kaylee Anthony. We then will we had never Summer Tom- oh. on Bible. We will never cover that case. I will never speak that woman's name. I, mm-mm. Really? Mm-hmm. I kind of want to cover her. I, I'll cover her. I'll they, talk about her because I'll talk shit about, <laughs> I will talk cash shit about you, Casey Anthony. And that, to find out that you are a mother right now makes me sick. I guess, like, that's the thing is, like, it makes me so angry. And, like, just knowing it from, like, the law enforcement aspect, like, I know that that prosecutor literally crossed his eyes and dotted his T's and he just, like... It just... Her defense attorney is probably one of the best defense attorneys I've ever seen on the stand. Which, fun fact, my mom used to work for defense attorneys. I had family on both sides. Yeah, but, like... Dinner was fantastic, by the way. But, like, if they're good, they're good. And that's what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to be good. But, like... I don't know, I guess at a point, like, ethically, like, that doesn't... 
Well, yeah, if but you're like, a defense attorney, call in. Like, ethically, how do you deal with this? Well, okay, because I've actually, because, you know, uh, fun fact, I almost went to law school, and I was going to do it to be, be a defense attorney. You would. That's what I <laughs> wanted to do. So um, Because, like, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is, for, for one, I was really doing it because there are a lot of people who have been wrongly prosecuted and are in jail. The West Memphis Three should not be in jail. You guys are innocent. There's a lot of people who are in jail who should not be in jail because they had state provided defense attorneys or they had shitty defense attorneys or they had young inexperienced defense attorneys against these fucking ball house knockout prosecutors oh yeah da's like don't play like they are cut exactly and so like what it comes down to for a defense attorney it just comes down to was the law actually followed did you was like did this happen the way it was supposed to and if not even if they're guilty or not people still have a right to being prosecuted fairly oh yeah absolutely i mean if we don't follow all of our amendments then none of them have validity looking at you supreme court (laughs) Um, this is an all or nothing kind of country i know (laughs) make it make sense so as of november 2009 there had been uh there still had been more firm leads um none super clear but at this point they had 2400 tips that rolled in hoping to find summer's murderer Oh, so the community is still like active and mm-hmm. like all the time boots on the ground, paws on the ground. Um, as for time, it continues to pass. Time doesn't stop for anybody. No. Um, holidays come and go. First Thanksgiving, <gasps> then Christmas, followed by New Year's 2009, phase in 2010. And for the community around them, life pushes forward. I mean, life doesn't so really stop for everybody. We go almost a whole year. No, it's it's not a whole year. But we, we do go several months. We don't hear a single thing. So her family had to do holiday. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And Halloween's technically in there because she went missing. They buried her on oh. October 28th. Oh. Um, uh, so, again, we didn't really hear much in these months after her funeral, but her family and the Clay County Sheriff's Office are adamantly still looking, still trying to find the tip that will bring in this whoever did this to her. Um, and eventually it does come. Okay. Ooh, resolution. So in February, 2010, um, five months after her body had been discovered, there was an arrest. Whoa. Listen, I know we will judge till the sun goes down, but like props to Clay County in this case. Five months. Five months. And so, uh, Jared Harrell, a 24 year old Orange Park Park resident was arrested in Mississippi on 29 charges of child pornography possession. I, like two and then a nine. Mm-hmm. Like two in the tens place, nine in the ones place. Mm-hmm. 29. And they included videos. Oh, pictures. Whoa. No. Mm-hmm. Um, he How? had recently relocated to Mississippi. How recent? Like uh, shortly after Summer went missing. Red flag. Red flag. Um, he actually lived in the same neighborhood as a deceased girl. And you remember that house of interest earlier? Yeah, yeah, the vacant one that they were remodeling. That's his family house that they sold right before they moved. No. Mm-hmm. So no one would have questioned him. Being He was literally a fixture on that block, so nobody would have known. <gasps> and at the time, he wasn't a registered sex offender that we knew of at that point. Because again, oh, he... That, oh, because he hadn't been convicted. <gasps> he, so he wouldn't have even been included in the tips of the registered sex offenders. Because he was somebody that slipped through the system for years. Um, you actually n- know how he got uh, caught on the child porn uh, case? Um, one of his roommates 
No. In Mississippi, thought he was kind of weird, so went through his computer. Ah, we love a good. I know. I <laughs> that was person. Like, listen. I was like, you better work. Listen, if I guess we were just we were nosy roommates. We were always <laughs> we were never apart. So like, if you have a weird roommate, like clock it. Tell somebody. Don't keep a secret. That's how you die. Tell somebody somebody's weird <laughs> immediately. I know. I, I, oh my gosh. So if that roommate hadn't said anything, we wouldn't be where we are in this case. Holy cracker jacks. Not at all. Props to the roommate. Yeah. He gets a sticker. Um, and so at this point, so February 2010, um, Clay County Sheriff's Office said he is considered a potential suspect and that they will be looking into him and plan on questioning him about her disappearance. Oh, so Clay County didn't arrest him in Mississippi. The No, Mississippi arrested him. He's arre- he's being held in Mississippi at this point. Oh, so Clay County's like, here yeah. we come. Yeah, they're like, they're like, okay, that's real suspicious. You literally oh, wow. lived in the house that we think is the house that she was murdered in. Dude, red flags, red flags. Um... And then, so at the same time, her mother, Deanna, is interviewed by ABC News, um, where she states, I want whoever did this to get the death penalty. I want to see the face of who did this, so I can finally put the blame on them instead of on myself. I want to know exactly what was done to her. Um, I was there when she was born. Nothing can be worse than what I've already pictured in my mind. That quote broke me. Like, when I tell you, I sat there and sobbed. Because it's just natural that she's going to place the guilt on herself. Oh my gosh, so she's been blaming herself when, I mean, they were traveling in a group, you were doing everything right, it's just, ugh. Kids are kids, and so, uh, we had a little bit of quiet, not very long, and then in March 2010, it was announced that Jared Harrell was arrested for the premeditated murder and sexual assault of Summer Thompson. Whoa, premeditated? He, whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. So, Anyone who doesn't know the court system, it's really hard to prove premeditated without, like, a lot of evidence. So, like, holy shit. Uh-huh. If that's what they're charging him with, that means a grand jury convened on it and agreed with it. Holy shit. Um, so, at this point, it is revealed to the public that she was asphyxiated prior to being dumped in the trash bin. Um, and she had most likely been assaulted after. Um, and so that's what he was charged with additionally on top of the sexual assault and the premeditated murder, um, charged with lewd and levacious battery and sexual battery. So he most likely assaulted her, then strangled her and then assaulted her again before putting her in the so trash. So he's just a sick fuck. It's fucking awful. How did he a not get- A waste of space. How did he not get caught? Like, cause you just don't pop up. Like- Nope. You have a history of this. Nope. There are signs. Yep. And Rick Bessler, uh, so the Clay County Sheriff's Officer, officer um, said, just called it a crime of opportunity, um, stating he saw her alone and just grabbed her. Um, so at the so the press conference where it was announced that he was arrested, uh, Deanna Thompson said, we got you and you're not getting away. Um, and she said she, she continued to say that she can now tell her kids that the monster has been caught and he's going to go away for what he did. Oh my gosh. Her siblings must be terrified. Mm-hmm. Cause like I was thinking about it when I was researching this, right? Yeah. Her, the sister I think is two years older than her. <gasps> the brother is the same age. So we're talking about a seven and nine year old. They were terrified. What do you, but what like logistic, like, what do you say to them? How do you, how do you say that? How do you say like. Yeah. And it's news too, so it's not like you can't just av- you can't avoid it. Yeah, because you going can't to skate around 
and be yeah. like, no, like that. Those are facts that they're they're gonna know. Um, yeah, I guess as a former educator, you you have books about grief, and you talk with the family, and you refer them to the counselor, and you try and get services for the kids. But like all in all, it's you're kind of just there. And if they need to break down and you just need to be there to listen or go to the mm-hmm. comfort corner and hold a stuffed animal or breathe, like you can do that. But honestly, it's just you try and make sure there's no ongoing conversation around the kids about it and you communicate with the parents. But there's really no like handbook for dealing with that. So I can't imagine. Nope. And of course, there's still people handing out flyers and. Wow. Um. So kind of have quiet again and then so the trial took place in february 2012 oh my gosh he pled guilty on all accounts so he didn't have a full trial he pled guilty wow i guess you know he's he didn't even try to contest it um so he pled guilty in order to be spared the death penalty oh that's what it was i know he wasn't a good guy no he he didn't do it for him he didn't do it for guilt or whatever the fuck he tries to say it was for no it was he did it because he didn't want to die guess what Summer did not want to die either. No. Summer wanted to live her life. Her twin brother wanted to see Summer live her life. Um, but yeah, so... Hey, he, um, District Attorney, let's stop taking the death penalty off the table. Let's just save the taxpayer some money and handle it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so he got life without the possibility of parole. So he will never be able to have a parole hearing. Um, unpopular opinion. I'm all for some jailhouse justice. Me too. Get him. <laughs> um, so Summer's family only agreed to this on the contingency that there would never be a parole hearing or parole would never be granted for him. Oh, so the family was involved in this one. Mm-hmm. The family was part of this decision. And that's the only way they agreed to it. Oh. Um, so shortly after the trial, some text from his confession tape was released. Mm. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Um, so during the 90 minute tape, this tape's only 90 minutes, by the way, again, to everything in 90 minutes, again, stellar police work, Clay County. Yeah. Like you, you drop the ball in Jordan, Tom, uh, Jordan Cooper, Cooper case, this case, you did not. So it's a 90 minute tape. He spent the first 15 minutes denying any involvement. Only 15 minutes. And then after that, he cracked. And let me just tell you, not that I think he's ever going to hear this, and I will not say his name again. Yeah, no, we're done. I don't say your name again. You don't deserve your name said. No. To crack in 15 minutes, you are weak. Weak ass, bitch. To murder a child. Weak. You're weak. You did this because you are a weak waste of space. Um... So, in the first story, because you know they tell stories first. Again, it just shows how weak he is because he had a few stories that he told. Um, So, in the first story, he crafted that Summer came to the door and asked him for help. Um, On the sketchy remodeling house that was probably... Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, you know, he just... Because he's a fucking monster, he just couldn't resist, so he brought her in. Um, It later came out to be that... And this is where the premeditated part comes in. Summer would often stop at their house's front yard because they had a white dog. The family had a dog. And she would often stop on her way home and she would pet the dog. Stop it. She was a doggy lover. She only stopped at this house because she would normally pet that dog. And because they were renovating and gone, the dog wasn't there. 
she ran ahead, probably upset, thought she could see the dog. It would make her day. <gasps> and then he completely took advantage of that. Um, so on the day of October 19th, 2009, Harold convinced her to come inside the house. Basically told her the dog is inside the house. Um, so in the original claim, he stated he did not sexually assault her, that he only strangled her and then dumped her in the trash bin. Yeah. Because once he shut the door, she was screaming and it freaked him out. Um, later that evening, um, as they continued to question him, um, it all of a sudden clicked in his mind. It clicked something in his mind and he remembered that he sexually assaulted her. He blacked out though and he completely forgot that point until this exact moment that he's talking to them. I don't know. I just, I, he completely forgot it. That's what he claims. I do not remember doing it. We've been, you know, blackout drunk before. So like we've been blackout. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we remember. <laughs> yep. Um, so after he dumped her body in the trash bin, um, he went out later that evening and he actually saw people searching for <gasps> her and stopped and asked them what they were doing. No, he did Uh-huh. Little did these group, and it was a group of people. So you know that group that they sent out to look <gasps> for this guy? Little did they know that they had had a direct conversation with the man who had done this. And they had no idea. Yeah, I'm going to need some jailhouse justice. Uh, yeah, especially because, you know, he played this whole thing. Um, no, he did not join a search party, did he? No. <gasps> he didn't do that. He's not, he's, not, he's not brave enough to do that. Um, yeah, he doesn't have a backbone. He's a spineless weasel. So, yeah. So he went as far to compare himself. He said, I think I'm a monster. He said on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 10. No, no. fucking shit, dog. He's a 12. Oh, no. He's a 12. <laughs> Oh my god, I might be a 10. Oh my god. Um, and he even had the audacity to apologize to Summer's mom. No! So according to the tapes in the Florida Times Union, no. his apology was, can you just tell her that I'm really sorry? Nope. It's, it's not a regretful thing. It's a remorseful thing. It's not a regretful? It's a remorseful thing. I'm really sorry that it happened. I know I'm going through some rough times, but I can't imagine what she's going through. I never had a kid, so I don't know what that bond is like. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We've gone through some rough stuff. I've never killed a child. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess I draw the line at killing children. What? God damn it. Rough stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because apparently um, it has been stated that after he did this, when he moved up to Mississippi, his roommates, again, so his roommate, they went through the computer. They thought he was weird. He was a recluse. He yeah, apparently he, a sticker. he once made a joke. That said, what is worse than one dead kid in a trash can? Ten dead kids in a trash can. Can we make sure our podcasts get into the jail systems, please? Please. I will write as many letters to everybody. I bet he's in fucking, what's the word? Solitary confinement. Yep, I was about to say confinement. Or protective custody. Probably, because I'd be writing letters to every single inmate in that bitch. Listen, I, I'd attach pictures of her too because she is beautiful. She is. She's. A she stunning. has the cutest little curtain bangs. She does. They're so adorable. I have a soft spot for people with brown eyes, and she has brown hair and brown and eyes. And her, her little smile. It's My so favorite cute. combination. Um, so at the short trial they held for her, basically it was just the, the family went and gave impact statements. <gasps> That's exactly what they did. Um, Please tell me they made him sit through it and didn't let him like, uh -huh. leave. Yeah, he had to sit there. Um, so in total, um, there were seven members of the family that gave statements. Oh. I listened to the full court hearing. Uh, it was about 19 minutes. Um, wow. and below I listed some of the statements to this monster. Uh, her grandmother said 
Um, this will never be behind us. It will always leave us with emptiness and an aching loss. Another one stated, you are no longer a person nor a gentle giant. You are a monster and you should be treated like so. Summer's papa. Yeah, literally, I like lost it when he called himself that because he introduced himself because he's a former federal agent. Aww. Said his name and he said, my favorite title was Papa. Stop. Um, he said, there is no justice when a life is taken too soon. You cannot give a life back that has been taken. There is justice for you, the perpetrator, but not the victim. I cannot forgive you. I am not good enough a person of that. And you are not deserving of my forgiveness. Someone give Papa a hug. I know. And the final three speakers were Summer's older sister, twin brother, and mom. Oh. So her sister told um, him, you're not even a human being. Your name is not Jared Harrell. It's Monster. Summer Thomas, that sweet, adorable, loving girl you murdered, I'm sure hates you too. Just like I hate you. That is like the most big sister thing I've ever heard. You know, so before, so, so whenever Summer's twin took the stand, Deanna walked up with her, with him. And Deanna told Jared, said, you need to look at him because he is the one you murdered. This is her face. You need to look at my son. He refused to look up. He sat there with his fucking head down. What a dumbass. What a um, piece of shit. And then the little brother's statement was, was a sentence long. But oh. it was super short. And after he got off the stand, he sobbed. Um, so Deanna was the final victim impact statement. Um, and again, yet again, he refused to look her in the eye. Um, so I have a few quotes. I have like a paragraph full of quotes. I'm going to read. Um, so there is no reason you can provide me only your own pitiful excuses again. I'm sure you think it's not your fault. I'm sure you think someone made you like this. I'm sure you think you were raped, tortured, and murdered as a child. Oh wait, that didn't happen to you. You did that to her, my daughter. I would never wish this on my worst enemy, but to you, my monster, I will make a special exception for. You are not entitled to humane treatment. No one made you this way. We all have free will, and you chose to squander it. There is no place you will be safe here from those who despise you. This will be the last time I waste my breath on you. Yeah, so I just made Caitlin listen to the court because um, Deanna Thompson is... She's spitfire. Like... I really feel like fire should have been coming off of her tongue. She and her brother and her sister and all her family. Her papa broke my heart. Oh my God. I had tears. But her mother, Deanna Thompson, you are a fucking hero. Badass. You Badass. are, and as a Gen Zer would say, you are that bitch. She, to hold her composure and deliver what I can only say is a tongue lashing honorable of a Southern mama in mama bear mode mm -hmm. like that is elite she kept her composure but like i think what really broke my heart is how angry her little brother was and he wouldn't even look up at him i know like he, he literally this waste of human space could not even have the balls to look them in the eye this, see this is why these things drive me crazy i went on a tangent about it in the jordan uh cooper case i'm gonna go on a tangent about it now if you don't have the balls to kill somebody and look their family in the eye, don't do it. If you don't have the balls to kill somebody and then, like, do the whole, like, oh, I hope you forgive me. Ugh. Burn in hell. I will never forgive you for what you did. No, and how do I, you ask? Yeah, like, oh, I hope you forgive me. I literally hope you choke on air for the rest of your life. <laughs> choke on the air you breathe. 
I hope in jail they have one ply toilet paper, and every time you wipe your ass, you get shit on your finger. Like, I hope you get pink eye. I hope you get pink eye. Like, and to round out her statement, she made a good point. May God have mercy on your soul. Because I do not. Her family does not. Okay. And nobody that knows what you did will ever have mercy on your soul. And let me tell you, God ain't gonna have mercy on your soul either. No, in her comment about, you know, a jail cell isn't impenetrable, I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she is right. Um, so in the aftermath of this case, uh, Summer's family started the process of getting a new law in place. Um, so Summer's law is a referendum. Referendum? Referendum. Referendum. Okay. So Summer's law is a referendum to Megan's law, um, which in part would require sex offenders and predators to live outside of a one mile radius of a school, um, as well as making the required Amber Alert time 30 minutes instead oh. of the current time that's required to actually be able to go through the Amber Alert. Instead of that huge five point criteria that. Yep. Which I will say, because uh, what they're going to call the one mile radius of the school, it's called the summer safe zone because technically she was only a mile Aww. from her school. Um, so there is an active petition going around to get this signed in place. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Absolutely. Because I think everybody should sign it. Um, and so there is a yearly charity golf tournament called Children's Safe Passage, where a portion of the money goes towards Summer's Foundation. Um, so this year it'll take place on October 10th, 2022. It happens over in Green Cove Springs, over in the Orange Park area, kind of. Um, and so this tournament was actually founded by AGX CEO Mike Williams in 2010 in a response to what happened to Summer. Aww. Yep. And so in 2019, the Summer Sunshine Foundation was created. Um, and so it takes part to teach children and teens about bullying, digital dangers, abuse, and exploitation. Digital dangers is super impactful to our kiddos right now. Mm-hmm. So since 2010, an approximate $300,000 has been raised by the tournament. Mm-hmm. I know we aren't golfers, but I'm going to sign my dad. <laughs> I mean, I'll go. I can be a horrible golfer. I don't care. Um, so the house where this horrible act actually happened was foreclosed on. and was actually bought eventually by Summers Foundation. And in 2015, with the help of the local fire department, the house was burned to the ground. Um, now the lot has been turned into Northeast Florida's first publicly accessible food forest garden. <gasps> Um, so what they did is they took an empty lot and turned it to a live thriving memorial for summer. And it's actually called Summer's Garden. Um, and so they have monthly maintenance days where local community members, uh, sponsor and help take care of any needs the garden may have. So I might go to one of those two just to be there. Um, we definitely, we want to encourage activism through our podcast. Obviously it is informational and it is a source of entertainment, but at the end of the day, we want... We want to give back to these families that have lost so much and help Mm. these foundations that are going on in the wake of everything that happened to give back to the communities that helped them. So please don't, I guess our goal and our hope is and our dream is you're not going to sit idle and listen to us, but Mm -hmm. even if it's just making a $5 donation, skip your Starbucks one morning and just signing the petition, putting the petition on or any petition for anybody, putting the petition on your Facebook, on your Instagram, on your Twitter, just getting it out there. Um, and so as I write this, it's been 13 years since summer is taken from her family, friends and the community. 
Uh, today, she would be 20 years old, most likely in college, uh, following her passions, maybe even falling in love for the first time. Uh, Summer was robbed of, robbed of all those experiences by a shell of a human being, a real-life monster. While they say time heals all, I think there are some things that time will never heal. I sincerely hope with everything inside me that this monster is experiencing hell on earth every single day. And one day, not soon enough though, he will literally be rotting in hell. Not soon enough. Not soon enough. Um, And that is the heartbreaking case of Summer Thompson. And that concludes our stay in Clay County as we move on to... (laughs) Alachua County. Going to good old Alachua. Go Gators. <laughs> Go Gators. Go Saints. <laughs> Go Saints. Can't forget our, our state college. Go Saints. Oh, God. Um, we're not saying we'll never come back to Clay County. There's many more oh. cases that need to be covered. It was very hard for me to decide what I wanted to do. Clay County, unfortunately, has a plethora of... Just so there'll, there'll be several counties eventually we'll come back to. And if you guys have any requests... For any yes. cases in certain counties that maybe we wouldn't find on a normal Google. Maybe people have just never talked about them to where it'd be so hard to find information about them. Hit us up. Yeah, bring us bring us your family secrets. I want to, if you found out that your grandpappy was also your uncle, there's some family mm-hmm. DNA, bring it to us, bring it. Yep, so what you can look forward to in the next two weeks um, is we'll cover our first serial killer. As well as doing our first historical case. Oh, so very new times. I know. Um, our first serial killer. Oh, I know. It's a it's a doozy. Heads up. I I feel like at this point, if you're listening to us and you have kids, please don't listen to us with your kids around. No. Um. Stay tuned. Five months or so. Four months or so. We'll have a variety podcast out that your teenage daughter will probably love. We'll have the mother-daughter podcast, but this this is not for you and your tiny humans. No. Um, Maybe your adult humans that are going off to college and need to be scared into a healthy amount of fear. <laughs> no, you don't have to scare them into stuff. Just teach them basic survival skills. Uh, lock doors. Um, shut your car door <laughs> in a timely manner. Uh, don't tell somebody where you live. Um, let somebody know you're going on a date. Have an escape plan. Take a different route home. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy, but it's the things that make a difference. And just overall, just be aware and protect the people around you. Um, I'm not big on you will never catch me doing the girls support other girls. Because some of y'all deserve shit to be talked about you. <laughs> uh, I will definitely always be on the women protect other women thing. Because I don't yeah. care if I like you or not. Yeah. If you are in my vicinity, I will make sure you are I safe. I got you, boo. Um, so thank you so much for listening. <laughs> um, we are, are signing off for the second episode. Yep. We'll see you guys super soon. Peace out and be good humans, please. Please be nice. It doesn't take that much to be nice. Good night.